sound wave, wave. It's thermal sound waves, the natural alternative to hey. fast food radio. We here see truth, Kev Lawrence. That's yeah. what it is. Right now, we have a guest that's joining us. Uh, someone who does some big things and great things. He's come a long way. They move product. And yeah, but not the product he's probably thinking of. You know? Right. Not, not ice cream. A lot, you know. of, a lot of stuff in the uh, sports apparel world. That is correct. And uh, he, he crosses the finish line. All the time. All the time. No doubt. No doubt. And I'm sure you've seen his work on display, you know, throughout throughout the country and, and worldwide and online and all that kind of good stuff. We have none other than joining us right now is Ronnie Jefferson, the senior VP and general merchandise manager of Finish Line and Finish Line Macy's. Wow. We are talking to an executive right now within the sports apparel and sportswear world on thermal sound waves as you can see the diversity of our guest list we get something like that and we're that's correct like that. that's what we do here what's happening ronnie what's going on family pleasure pleasure being a part of the podcast here man um happy to come in here and drop some jewels yes 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 and, not just uh, podcast uh, on air too as well not just podcast. on air podcast <laughs> nationwide media yeah, exactly make, you, make sure i get your money's worth exactly everything exactly we, sure, we just we just crossing the finish line that's, that's what right. we're doing that's right that's right yes indeed <laughs> now you've come a long way and you know proud southeast dc dc <laughs> mambo sauce that's sauce. sauce chicken yes. wings with the mambo sauce that's right. That's right. So tell everybody just a little bit about growing up in Southeast D.C. And then we'll get into like your journey from there into, yeah. you know, being a senior VP at, you know, uh, a brand like Finish Line and, and, and Finish Line Macy's. And, and you do some things with music, too, that we'll get into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, man, growing up in D.C. Um, and and I, I grew up in D.C. because I know a lot of times people say, well, where are you from? You say D.C. You ask them and they say, oh, I'm actually in Virginia. I'm actually in Maryland. Now, Southeast Some D.C. Springs. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, but back then, you know, Southeast D.C. is definitely, uh, uh, definitely, a, 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 I'll say, a training day, learning everything. I mean, but I wouldn't train it for the world. Um, you know, I, I was right outside of Berry Farms, um, you know, but, um, yeah, Farms. grew up in D.C. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and, and back then, you know, you... It was definitely survival mode. Um, I learned a lot what to do, what not to do, and and uh, that that I, actually a lot of that has helped me maneuver through the uh, I would say the, the corporate world slash business world too. So I hear I hear uh, the I hear the DC uh, action yeah. coming out. Yeah, help me. What yeah. what to do, what not to do? Like, yeah, yeah. I hear it. I hear it over there. It's, it's coming yeah, through. It's coming I mean, through. Those yeah, those times in my life going up there, man, was you know. It was actually fantastic. it was actually great because at that point in time, man, even though we lived in the hood, my mom was saying we live in the hood, but you don't have to act and live like you living in the hood. Meaning, our our place was immaculate, clean. You know, you you it was it was a lot that you learned, and I knew how to wash clothes before there was knew about a washing machine and walking them in the tub. You know, so. I want to go back and ask something, excuse me. Barry Farms. Barry Farms, correct? Yeah, Barry Farms. Now was that you know, linked to, to Marion Barry? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it was a reason why who he Marion is too. Barry, yeah. Yeah. It, it's a reason why he got, you know, went through what his ordeal and got elected because he did a lot for the people. And so for you to go through that and then come back and get elected, that's not by choice. That's not by chance, meaning. So whether for, it was for in, people out you know, there that don't know Marion Barry 
was a representative of the people of D.C., a congressman, and did yeah. a lot, and he got caught up in a certain scandal. However, yeah. uh, for, and a lot, sometimes people make jokes of the scandal, but you got to say to yourself, for you to get caught up in a scandal, which I kind of feel was kind of funny. Ha- I feel it was a setup. It's what it is. I feel it was a setup, yeah. as yeah. well as many other people. But listen, it happened, but for you to still get that much love and respect from the people, that means you was really doing a lot for the people. Yes, that's, that's exactly right. Um, he was one of the biggest first of, you know, DC summer jobs, you know, which I was a part of too. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, you know, with some of you for program and it extended. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I was a product of that and, um, yeah, man, I listen, I, I go back now and I'm like, Oh my goodness, what has happened was changed <laughs> for the better. But, you know, I think about if we were just saved and held onto that property. But we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Antoine Glover. I know he's still he's still working. The neighbors out there, uh, trying to do a lot for the people out there. Shout out to him because he he also mentions that stuff. Like you know, he said he has to stay out there because if he doesn't stay, it's gonna go somewhere else. Indeed, no doubt. But uh, yeah, so I went through that, and then you know, from uh, working uh, there, and then also you know, once I you know started to make my journey and. Um, you know, I played basketball. Actually, I was pretty, pretty good in that zone. And then, um, what position did you I, play? I, I was point guard. Okay. And um, you know, I played basketball. And then I, I actually moved to you know uh, Woodbridge, Virginia, which where my mother was. And um, would be you know, I had some some knee injuries, which I thought I was going to move on and go to you know the college and 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 beyond. And um, that didn't work out for me because of some big knee injuries and I started working at Foot Locker part-time, you know? Mm-hmm. I had a great, I had a, so I had a love for sneakers um, as a kid. Um, huge love for sneakers. Now, and so... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying, you know, it, it, it starts back there when you think about a passion that you might have that will, you know, eventually take you around the world. And we'll talk about that, but wow. that was just one of those situations where I, I had a love for sneakers at a, I mean, who didn't at a kid at that time? You had a love for sneakers, and it just materialized for me. Who's that remind you of? See, truth. Oh, I'm sorry. Like of that. course, Ope and Sean Williams. Uh, you know, sneaker disorder are a guy that you know has a whole yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 turned his love into you know an entire career for himself. And Curator he, at Drexel. Teaches at Drexel University, as a matter of fact. Um, yeah. With with all that, but for you, um, how did you? Take that, you know, starting at Full Lock and taking that passion and then ending up a executive at finish line. Um, like, like we, we, from, from Full Locker, how, how did you get into like the whole finish line? Um, yeah, dynamic. How much time, you, how much time we get? Uh, we, we, don't, we don't got no, we don't got that much time. Like, we, we, okay. we, we, we can't a, go into like a, hours and hours of stuff. Yeah, no, no, I'm gonna give you, the, I'm gonna give you the quick version. So, um, you know, I, I uh, started, like I said, I was selling part time, and then I was a very good salesperson, even part time. I, I mean, that that whole you know persistence of knowing customers and being able to sell them something, and they saw something to me that I didn't see from a um, you know, listen, when you graduate high school, we wanna we wanna offer you to go you know, get into the management program. And at that time I played basketball. I was really good. And when I had those uh, knee injuries, I did enough just to pass. So I didn't have enough academics to go to college or we couldn't afford to go mm-hmm. um, the money to go to college. So uh, two weeks after I graduated, I was, you know, moved to Richmond, Virginia, where, you know, I didn't know anyone there. And I was the 
absolute worst manager you could ever meet. <laughs> <laughs> absolute worst. Uh, this is honest. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm hopefully people will be able to understand this drip was I, uh, you know, I could sell, but managing people was my way of the highway. And, uh, and, <laughs> and listen to the point where I came in and, and, um, you know, I tried to fire some people like, you know, two days in and, uh, Foot Locker recognized, Hey man, we like you. You got a good situation. You, you can sell, but in order for you to move through this, you, you're going to have to take some anger management courses. If not, you're going to be going packing back to DC from Richmond, Virginia. And wow. so, you know, at least I gave you an option. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Normally is that so, type you know, of show to, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you come back and you go, okay, well, I can go home packing. Or I can realize, let me take this opportunity of um, I'm out of my own, I'm 18, new apartment, don't know nothing as far as, you know, other than what I've learned at, at how to survive. So I take the anger management classes. But what I, what happened, I found out that uh, I learned a lot about myself around uh, how to maneuver people and then how to, you know, someone's come already prepared to be angry with you. You come the opposite, it changes the whole narrative. Absolutely. And so people can prepare for you when they're upset, right? They know they're mad, they think you're mad, they come, they're already ready. And a lot of times you get in arguments, you know, it's really about how you came at someone versus what you actually even arguing about. You don't even know what you're talking about. So I learned that. And then as I started learning, I said, you know what, I'm going to stay for another six months after the courses because now I can become the puppet master. And and that's what I did. And I, I and And from that, I was able to maneuver and um, go from that to getting my own store. I was probably one of the first male managers of a lady footlocker. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so <laughs> lady, a lady footlocker. A lady and, footlocker. Uh, one of the first male Yeah, managers. in Columbia, South Carolina. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a great town i got some memories there but that's another sort of situation me being a suave and knowing situation i mean i was able to move through that and win all types of wars there but but i had what you call that entrepreneur spirit i had a part i had a, my my uncle um in dc who owned the nightclubs and and i'm pretty much at an age for me 16 17 i was doing bar back things learning about the club and then knowing how to promote from an early age so um, when I got to South Carolina and uh, working at Lady Foot Locker, I started throwing small parties and the parties immersed to being bigger parties. In fact, I was selling tickets to my parties <laughs> at, <laughs> inside of the Lady Foot Locker. And so, yeah, and I, yeah, the customers asked me, was like, so what, what are these people in here buying? I was like, yeah, you know, I actually do parties. And one of my customers wound up, her husband was the, uh, you know, the director of the uh, Carolina Coliseum or USC Gamecocks and, and it's Columbia, South Carolina. She said, well, I need to introduce you to him. And, and we got to talking and he was like, how many people are you getting? I said, I get about three to four hundred people. He said, OK, well, listen, we have this, you know, we have this uh, thing called the president's ball. We can leave everything up. You come in and do your party. You get a portion of parking. You get this. And I said, well, you know, I have a not-for-profit organization. And, you know, I tell him what I do. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. So when he gives me that, I go, okay, how can I make this bigger? I go and do a commercial, call it Ballers Fest. <laughs> and uh, now more, because spots on BET and ESPN back then was like $13. Um, and the biggest portion of shooting that commercial was like 300 was production. So now we... we you know, now there's a party that's bigger than life and you get two DJs you do you know, with the with the the personalities from the radio station with a live remote. Now, 
I was able to, you know, with a partner of mine, do this party. And after everything was paid and done, I walk away with $50,000. And so now, and the club owners, they hated me in South Carolina. When I threw a party, everything shut down. Right. Everybody was coming to my party. Ball is fast. <laughs> Back in the day, we all of that. We didn't get an invite, yeah. though. We ain't get no invite. Yeah. Well, we ain't know yeah. Roddy then, so yeah, but yeah. still, <laughs> yeah. Went back to the back, future. Yeah, yeah, you have to think about it. this. Is this is this is this is in the nineties? So baller, you was a baller back then. That meant something back then. But that is a nineties so, word, though. Yeah, baller. And, and you know, we had a uh, unbelievable uh, turnout, and and at that point, I decided I want to get into the club business. And so I was able to resign from Lady Footlocker and go into a uh, nightclub and concert promoting um, venture that, you know, spanned almost 11 years for me. Nice. And I was able to learn, learn quite a bit about life, uh, gentlemen, you know, of, mm-hmm. you know, when you move into the, the venture of money only and you learn quickly, you know, yes. when we were learning, you know, from that point, you know, having $36,000 every weekend to low. And and don't get me wrong, at that point, I had houses, three houses, cars, both the whole nine yards. And then at one point, it comes to you that, uh, uh, you know, you got a partner and you got two nightclubs now. I got one in Columbia, one in Augusta, Georgia. And, uh, you know, um, this disposable income. But at this point, your mindset, you're not investing. You have these houses, but you're renting because you're not, you know, you're not thinking outside of I'm going to have this every weekend. And it comes a point where it's like, OK, God's going to say, let me show you something real quick. And yep. I had a partner that didn't understand that club business situation. And while we was doing concert promoting, doing concerts, actually, my first big major concert was Master P and the No Limit All-Stars. This was after the big Ooh. incident in Atlanta. With Pastor Troy. Uh, yeah, well, well, actually, when they had that big concert there and they didn't have the right security, and this is when, you know, the infancy of, of uh, Master, and they had this big airplane hangar out there, and they ran it. They had this concert, and Master P made CNN because the moment he said, uh, everybody jumped on stage, and he didn't do the show because they didn't have the security. He left, and, well, that made the next show, because people tore it up out there, that made the next show go from, you know, Small amount for insurance bar. Well, now you got to have a million dollars. Because when Master P and No Limit did bout it, bout it. Yes. Clubs were shut down. It was massive brawl. It was just, it was just go. It was just go time. Yeah. It it, it was to that. They banned that from a lot of clubs. They banned it in Virginia. I was in Virginia. They banned in parts of Virginia, Norfolk, Vile Beach, and other places. They banned that club, that that song. Yeah. I mean, it was that and tear the club up. You know, you can play that, but. So when they did that, so that makes them then we had the next two shows in Charlotte and then Columbia, South Carolina. After that, a lot of learnings I learned. So I say, OK, I got now I have to be a million dollar insurance bond. OK, what do we do? So, you know, me and my partner start thinking, I said, well, this, you know, hip hop is a part of R&B. So now we're going to ensure this concert under R&B concert using Percy Miller. Mia X, real name, all these real name. We use their real names <laughs> and got it down to 16,000. This is where you make lemons out of lemonade, you know, because right, right. at that point, and and, and funny, at that point, the shows is thirty thousand, so we're gonna pay the thirty thousand up front, fifteen and fifteen for both shows, and so now we got that covered, we good, right? And uh, and it's something I learned real quick that back, we you know, 
as 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 black folks, we weren't using credit cards. The walk up game was strong. Rubber bands. So the day, the day of the concert, my stomach hurting because we only had seven hundred and fifty tickets sold. I done did a dinner. I did a, a breakfast outside. Wow. Coming by the tickets beforehand, we got breakfast. You know, we got shaving dishes, serving grits and eggs. Ain't nobody standing outside. But the day of the concert, we walk up seven thousand. Mm. Yeah. Um, now the first concert was in uh, Charlotte, and so we there. I got the whole. I mean, I got everybody: Masterpiece, Silk Soccer, True, uh, Mystical, Mix, everybody. And so we sitting there, we having a good time talking. And now the day of the show. I come up to Master P and I got my cashier's check. I'm ready to go. Here you go. And he looked at me. He said, "Yo, young blood, what you gonna do with that?" I said, "That's cash. That's cashier." He said, "I'm gonna cut it up in, in pieces." He said, "You know, <laughs> you don't get cash, man. We don't go on. So good luck." <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's when you learn real quick. Okay, now I got it, and I can't pull anything off the door, right? Because based on what it is. Ticket massive. If they don't hit the stage, they're gonna refund everybody money. Right. So, so, so what, this is so what happened? This, well, this is where you know back then you know the street knowledge. You know certain people that you know, and uh, yeah, <laughs> gotcha. I was able to come. I was able to raise the money to come up with it and and give them the cash and gotcha. and we went on and we had an unbelievable uh, two shows and but I realized real quick that uh, I I got to think outside the box and the next couple ones was. You know, now I'm talking to, you know, I'm at, I'm at in Vegas at these club conventions and talking about other people. And he's talking about, yeah, I got Reba McIntyre. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I just showed out three shows in 30 minutes. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. who? Right, right. So I had to learn real quick. I got to, it, it can't be the things that I love. It's got to be outside of that. And probably my most successful things, successful was, uh, you know, uh, Kenny G or doing some wow, uh, Kenny G? concerts. Right. Yeah, with uh, you know, gospel loved. concerts and those things where, you know, you selling out this quickly and you don't have any issues and everybody's getting home and there's, you know. Um, but I say all that, I go through those things and then, um, you know, we come back off of a, a, a show, tour, and uh, my partner who really don't understand the club business, he lets one come in and do an 18 to party, 21 to drink in Augusta, mm -hmm. Georgia. And uh, it, little to say, yeah. it's 40, 60 60 infraction of underage drinking and and right. so you lose your liquor license and that's when reality set in real quick and uh, you know um so you lose a lot of money so what was what was the switch off then you know what was the the zone to the <laughs> to the to the man zone, to man zone, defense zone. that you had to pull off after well, all this to, to well, get you well, to finish line let's let's let's, you yeah, let's so, move so, it up let's move it up so 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 to move it up real quickly i uh i lose a million dollars Yikes. I lose a million dollars because when the club closed down and, and all the things that I put into this club, you don't have a liquor license. You learn real quickly. And so yeah. um, I and, and honestly, guys, the best thing ever happened to me, um, because the thing you learn real quick, people you think won't will post you think won't that actually think will they won't. And so I learned quickly when I moved back to Washington, D.C., sleeping on my brother's couch and thinking that things are going to fall in the sky because you did so much. And you're yeah. still living like you're still making a million dollars a year. And although I lost that million, I you know I go back home with about two hundred, and I'm still spending like I'm making a million. And you go through it real quick. And after about these ten months, I'm sitting there on my brother's couch, and you know 
it, it always takes something that that rocks you to the core. And for me, it right. was, hey, I need you to, uh, my brother, can you can you clean my room up? I got somebody coming over. Sure, no problem. And um, he gives me a hundred dollar bill. And at that point, I look at a hundred dollar bill and I go, you drive a hundred thousand dollar car, you can't put gas in. You had three houses, cars, boats, and you just cleaned your brother for a hundred dollars. So what are you gonna do? Either you are gonna split your wrist, or you want to bet on self. Mm. What do you like doing? What What are you gonna do with your life? And at that point, you know, I go to the dollar store. I remember it like it was yesterday, and and, and I buy a dry eraser board. Because one thing, one thing about me and most people, if you can, in your mind, you can fake the phone. You can think, you can say, oh, I, I put this off. Why I ain't do it? Or why I move this way? But when you write it down and you have to look at it every day, you disappoint yourself. Now, of course, you know, when you write down goals, you have to look at them, you know, and you, you come from making a million dollars. You can write some stupid stuff down. Oh, million dollars in the bank in two months. Well, you ain't got $500. So it really is, let's get to the real core. Get off my brother's, you know, find a job. Get off my brother's couch. Getting you to a space. And it's the smallest piece for me is what got me. You get your bobo back. You start to cross that off. And, and therapeutic wise is what gets you back. And I had to get back to find a love. What did I really love doing? It was people selling and those things. Mm-hmm. And so I had a very good friend of mine. We went to school, high school together. And he worked for this company called Nordstrom's. And he told me, he's like, Bonnie, I knew your work ethic when people was doing this and partying, going, you was working. I heard all the Al Bundy jokes, all that stuff. <laughs> he's like, you come down to Atlanta, I can get you an interview. And, you know, of course, me being me, I'm like, well, I can't come in on the floor. I got niece coming as a manager. He's like, no, nah, my friend, it don't work like that. You know, you got Blake Nordstrom's. They, they started out in the stock room and, you know, and so you had to swallow that pride and, I go in for an interview. They like me, of course, um, and they, I get the job, right? Right. Um, now, you got to understand, I'm just coming up being a club owner. And so I'm at Nordstrom's. I'm popping in there with the Zanetti suits on, lion green, purple, <laughs> now they the gators. Right. I said, now they And, you know, and, and I'm telling people, like, what are you talking about, man? This is Zanetti. You understand what this is? Right, right, right. <laughs> and uh, they looking at me like, we got to hire the pimp. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> DC pimp. Get back there and go restock section number. <laughs> you <know>. Exactly. <laughs> How you restocking now, in Zanetti? <laughs> Listen, and, and I, I'm on this floor here. I'm in Atlanta, and these old dudes—they not—they don't—they looking at me like, what? Who? Who they just hired in here? And they're not teaching me nothing. And I knew a lot about sneakers. Mm-hmm. I didn't know nothing about dress shoes, right? Right. Other than you know, I wear dress shoes or you know, gaiters at that point. And so I had to kind of start, you know, ear hustling you know, or reading the tech tags, and and I was tested my first week because when i was in columbia south carolina we used to do these things called hair battles with bronner brothers Bronner right? brothers. and so Shout out to the bronner brothers. infamous 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 right yeah and the one of the vps come in he see me and back then they called me big ron even though i was 112 pounds but With i bernard? Used to big so everybody called me big ron was it bernard he that you met me. up with yeah he's and we did hair battles in you know columbia and he see me he's like oh i know you about to buy up the place now at that point that's where your pride take place, or you're going to go one or two things. I'm going to act like I'm a customer, or I'm going to run, or I'm going to ask them, what size you need in these Ferragamos? We're going to talk about what happened to me later. And, right. you know, I went with option three. He's like, what? Are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, man, look here. We can talk about that later. Let me size you up for these 
Ferragamos, right? Right, right. And um, and at that point, I was like, you know, that's when you your pride kicks to the side, and you go, now I'm hungry. Now I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna take this, and I'm gonna move with this opportunity. And so I had to find a way to maneuver with these other gentlemen that I was working with. So my big thing was, I don't care if you bought a Jesus sandal and a and a New Balance sneaker, I'm gonna write you a thank you note every Smart. customer. Gotcha. And these guys look at me like, why are you why are you writing a thank you? This guy's spending ninety dollars. I said, the guy who came in and spent five thousand, he expecting that from you. Would you think this dude here that has bought these New Balance ninety dollars, and I wrote him a hand note? What you think he's gonna do? He gonna tell somebody, and that's what happened. He mm. started the referral started coming in. When they come in, I said, if I'm selling you the shoe. I'm saying, you got to have a belt. And by the time we walk all the way through, we walk back. <laughs> right. I, it, that, that $80 is now $340. Or it's, I'm selling everything between the, the lady sitting there. If she buys shoes with her husband. I'm like, right. you got to get some for her. So these sales added up until I was able to go from the floor to the buying office. Gotcha. Um, literally in a, a year in about eight months. Um so one thing I do, I did know was uh, the motivation of people. And then now that I went through those anger management, I knew how to get people to work for you, mm-hmm. not work for you out of fear, but work for you not to disappoint. And um, it, it, it was it was a great journey taking that piece and going from that to the buying office at Nordstrom's. And at Nordstrom's, you, you become a buyer. It was uh, you kind of have the God syndrome, right? <laughs> because everybody wants to sell you. Um, and, uh, long story short, I went there and, and went from, uh, to the, you know, I only, I was only a, a manager for eight months at, at Nordstrom's in the men's shoe department, because, you know, my first day there, I'm sitting on the shoe shine stand. And if you ever shopped at Nordstrom, you understand that no matter what you ask for, they're going to bring out three shoes in the shoe tree. And so I'm, I'm in DC, I'm back home in DC at Pentagon city and I'm watching from the shoe shine stand and, uh, and I'm seeing people come out the back room and go, oh, I'm sorry, we don't have your size. And I'm like, in the meantime, I'm thinking, how oh, this 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 department had made this month in two years. How am I going to change? I'm thinking all this crazy stuff. Then I'm watching from the shoe sign stand. I'm like, oh, I'm about to be a hero. So then I get out the shoe sign stand. I started walking out and started going to get service from all these different. And they pass me around. They come out the back. Nah, we, don't, we ain't got your size. I'm like, okay, I got it. Next morning, I show up. Hey, how you doing? Ronnie Jefferson. Department manager, and they all looking at me like, oh, my God. I said, yeah, that look you got right now, usually that take about two months, but you got about a week, and here's how we're going to run this. And <laughs> so we we broke all records. Actually, when we got there, we were down about 100000 for the month. We closed it to miss by 15000 And when we did, the national sales manager called me and was like, what, what did you guys do? So he comes down, and him and I have an instant bond, and most people are deaf scared of him, but you understand, I just – was making a million dollars a year so i don't have scared of nothing because i'm figuring i'm working now i gotta get back and so long story short met him he was with north about 27 years now i'm in chicago as the buyer and i'm doing a store visit here in indianapolis um downtown, downtown indianapolis i'm doing a store visit i run into him and he's like ronnie man i've been trying to reach you man i, I got an opportunity for you i'm working for no i'm working for finish line you should come in and meet the founders and you know, at this wow. point, I'm like, okay, I'm like, sure, no problem. You know, I'll come back and do. But you know, at this point, I'm like, finish line. I'm at Nordstrom. Right. I come in. <laughs> I meet. 
I meet the founders, and man, I got to tell you, I'm cocky with it. They're like, so why do you want to leave? Why do you want to leave Nordstrom? I said, I don't. I'm just here to figure out what your company is about. You know, I'm talking to them, and next you know, I'm in 20 interviews. And and so <laughs> the next day, I don't have no resume, no nothing. I'm just off the cuff. So I get back to Nordstrom the next day. I get the phone call. Man, they love me. And we want to offer you the job, vice president, DMM of lifestyle and kids footwear. Wow. And I'm like, okay. That sounds good. Great. I hang up and I duck him for three months. <laughs> oh, you you was gambling. Oh, you you's a gambling yeah, man. So, so hey, we're running so, out of time. So what what happened uh, after the three months? I duck him for three months because I was scared of pros. I was I was running from prosperity, scared Got because it. what society? Because you understand, I never went to college. Mm-hmm. So in my mind, what was brought up to you was you 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 are what's successful is you know you gotta have a college degree. And, and all those different things. So, you know, um, I'm thinking, okay, man, they're gonna find you out. You, you ain't gonna, you vice president. They're gonna. Gotcha, find you. And gotcha. so, in, in your mind, you're going through all those things. And so, when I sit down, and, and finally, Norseman called me and said, "Hey, all the all the about move out here to Seattle." And at the time, I had a son that's in Richmond, Virginia, and I said, "Well, that can't happen. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and take the severance pay." And uh, when I did that, they said, "No worry, Bob. We're gonna leave it as is." And I was like, "How long do you think that's gonna last? When your business becomes the best or worse?" Um, so I called him and told him, Hey, um, he's like, what's, what, what happened? Are you in an accident? What's wrong? I was like, no, actually I was scared. And I was scared because this right here, dot, dot, dot. And then he basically said, you know how to run a sales team. You can, you can, you can get along with any race, your sales tactics, dot, dot, dot. And all those things you forget what got you where you were. You, you forget about them because you think about what society deems successful. Right. When by the time they sent me offer letter it's two and a half times what i was making it beautiful. and that was the last time i ever second guessed what you bring to the table beautiful it's thermal sound waves a natural alternative to fast food radio we're talking to ronnie jefferson senior vp and gmm of finish line incorporated uh here on the program wow and and really quick as he as he told you his story that that that's a journey right there and that's something you can <laughs> learn a lot from that you can this learn is a lot really from, educational yes you can learn yeah, from all of that music people but there's right, people right, right. like this gentleman right here that you could actually use as a template in what you're doing in life or what you're trying to achieve in life. No question. And and real quick, um, tell everybody what you're doing as a, as an angel investor and your nonprofit and stuff like that. Yeah. So angel investor, you know, this is where the whole tech company situation of, you know, I try to figure out how to make my money make money for me. And, and through investments, and um, it, I didn't know much about the stock market. Um, started playing with that, but then also looking at these tech companies. One of uh, this company I just invested in, hopefully it's going to IPO here, deliver end, um, and and uh, as coming as an angel investor, I'm sure you guys may notice that you know the Snoop Dogg and Nas got in on the Robin Hood at you know 17 cents, and then IPO at 39. If you do the math. $39, that means they're rich, rich off just that investment. And so I seek out things like that to put my money to work for me. And um, and sometimes we're we scared of the unknown and not knowing. But sometimes it just takes that, you know, that push where, you know, if you if you look at it, then what we may spend blow money on, $5,000 that someone invested with Uber was we're 15 million after two years and that's real no so, question no yeah. question absolutely yeah. and and listen you're also 
also uh, running uh, the bag uh, music group as well. And what we're going to have you do is we're going to have you come back on the show to talk about all of those yeah. different things. Yes, we'd love to. Because it's, it's a lot of other things as well that you're doing, but we just don't yeah. have the time to, to get into all that. I, right I wouldn't now. be shocked if him, him and our guy Carlos, L, a.k.a. Long Beach Los, uh, have uh, some type of uh, like uh, footwear wheels thing going on. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, uh, you know, Los is a good friend of mine. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I would, love, I would love to have have a conversation of part two, three, and four. Oh, no question. It's a lot. That's, that's, that's going to happen. That's gonna by happen. the way, by the way, Ronnie, size 12. That's what I'm saying. For both, both of us. Size 12? Size 12. Yeah, me, me and Kev, size 12. We ain't talking about I got no you, one man. or two. Like, come on. Like, we're trying to walk size up 12. in there I, I you, with man. the bags. The bags, <laughs> Ronnie. Hold on, man. I'm looking at these big baller brands I got right here. I'm going to send out. All right, man. Oh, no. Nah, uh, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, shout out. Shout out to the, the, the LeBron and the whole family. Yeah. I know it was a pause exactly. there of the big no baller brand. 100%. I actually would wear because they are they want to present and and he's a father that be, that believed in his children, so shout out him happy Father's Day to him. But but Got you it. a fool, Ronnie. <laughs> you a fool. <laughs> and, and Liz, you're located in, in in Naptown right now, right? That's that's Nap- where yeah. that's the center. Okay, we yeah, you know we we're on in the area over there. So when we, we we're gonna in come the out there um sometime this year. So when we do, you know, we coming to see you. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I'll be happy to pick you guys up, and uh, you know, I roll kind of heavy, and you, you know, the city know who I am, so we 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 good. I got you. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Talk about and, and big shout out to to Los. Cause I know he. I know uh, somebody's mad at him because he was out in his car listening to the verses battle. He was supposed to come inside and eat an omelet, and he, oh. <laughs> I said, "You can blame me, Los. Just blame me." <laughs> She told me to come inside. I'm like, all right, I got you, bro. I got you, bro. I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> inside joke. Yeah, well, listen, man. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure uh, having you on the program. And as you already know, we're going to have you back to uh, continue the conversation and to get these lessons. There's a lot. We're going to talk more about the, the, the finances and, and, and the education on all that kind of stuff and stocks and real estate and, and, and so forth, man. So, yeah, we appreciate looking, you taking I'm, some time out. I'm truly, truly looking forward to it. And, um, yeah, man, listen, I, I think that uh, there's it, it, so many gems that we can talk on that can help other people. And, uh, again, also, shout out to, like you said, LeVar, because I, I appreciate any time a brother be out there doing their business and, and get, get their sons to the NBA from what that is. So that, that that's just uh, a yeah. no joke. So I, I appreciate that 100%. So, Wonderful. indeed. No doubt. All right. No doubt. All right, Ron. Well, enjoy the rest of your day, evening, and, and all that kind of good stuff, man. And uh, we'll be looking out for that. that we coming to Naptown, so and we want the package too. I'm listen. Stop playing, right? Listen, I'm Got trying to run my finish line. Hey, like, excuse me. Do you know who I know? Do you know who I know? I'm trying to be the Black Karen at finish line. Let's do it. <laughs> Indeed. Right. Looking forward to it. Okay. All right, Ron. Peace. All right. Peace. Thermal sound wave wave.